there's no getting around how significant and how grateful I am that I have started, that I am identifying as genderqueer and how much, much more like myself it feels. I'm like, oh, this is so nice. I notice it. Like, this is me and I finally am not like pretending to be something I'm not. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I am Scott. And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 69. Here it is. This week's episode. The one you've been waiting for. The one you've been waiting for is an episode <laughs> on gender. No drum roll. For I was debating Just a straightforward, just, just being direct, not, not beating around the bush. This is the topic. <laughs> just telling you the topic. Gender. Gender is... A very much no small thing. Gender plays a very large roles in our lives. Gender shapes a lot of our world. Our construct of gender shapes so much of our world. So we're out here doing a topic on gender because it is no small thing. Growing up, I would have said it's a very small thing. Nothing really? to talk about. Yeah. Growing up, nothing. No, no, but no, even no, no. if you grew up in a very like normative culture of being a boy, like... Uh, gender played a very large role in your identity of that we're already getting into it i'll tell you this in terms of my temperament and i don't know this is enneagram stuff but like i never got into joking about gender differences like somebody like girls are like this and boys are like this i'd be like it's just it's just it's just bouncing off me that joke i mean i'll laugh at other things (laughs) you know what i mean but i was like i don't find the humor in this you know it's that was growing up but like especially as a Mm grown-up man in the world i'm a man everybody (laughs) um i don't get into those jokes like with guys in the kitchen being like oh you know women they all just uh, my wife the other day you know wives and like my uh, eyes and shrug my like it's so annoying that that actually happens it does it does it's silly (laughs) i just want to be like guys this is silly yeah Silly, silly Um, Okay, so we're doing this topic. I suggested this topic a long time ago, although it's not in our notes. But this has been a topic. You suggested it in your head. In my head forever (laughs) ago. Um, This has always felt like a very big conversation to me to be had. Um, Gosh, I'm getting getting nervous. This is going to be a very vulnerable episode for for Macy. With just Scott and Macy. Okay, so here's the thing, y'all. I identify as being genderqueer. And I started coming out and announcing this identity probably starting six and six months, eight months ago. Mm. Um, but I have, I would say for a while known that I am not within the typical male or female identity with gender. That's never really seemed to fit for me. But in the past year, I'd say I've been on a very like open journey of finding language that is helpful for me. Uh, kind of a healing journey, a freeing journey. A very freeing, a very healing journey. But gender has always been something that has never seemed to quite work for me or I've never fit in with the 
way this world has been set up for us to think about gender. So for me, it's always seemed like in my face a no small thing because I'm always like mm, shrugging my shoulder and confused at the way people saw gender and saw me as being. Mm. I was born female and identified female for a long time. And that was a part, it's a huge part of my identity. Um, but gender to me, doing this as a topic feels very exciting because I think it is so near and dear to me and I'm very passionate about how, like, how a big of this concept is and how big of a role it plays in our whole society and just how big of a role it's played in my life. But I'm also out here feeling vulnerable because I am publicly saying that I'm something that a lot of, for most of my life, didn't even know that I could identify as being this. Hmm. Um, and it's just not normal, I guess. You know, this isn't in our show notes, so I feel like we should say it in the intro here. Because one of my big learning things, and I think this would be f- a lot of a learning thing for a lot of people, is that that gender is different than sex. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that was, that's, I, I, I don't like to admit that I'm ignorant. We all are. So everybody just sit there right now and admit your own ignorance <laughs> in life and Seriously. all topics. Seriously. And that's another thing too. It's like, we don't always, we don't have to know everything about all topics, everybody. It's impossible. So we can just say we don't know sometimes, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, that this was so true. One of the things when you started telling me that that was some of the inside questions I had in my head. I'm like, wait, what does that mean? Does it mean you're getting? <laughs> I all of a sudden have lost my female body. Something? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Although physical and hormonal changes could be a part of a person's journey and transition. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, yeah, but I do think that this we're already getting into it. But it is an important distinction to say gender. Gender is the way a person feels and sees themselves it's and would you say also it's like a social construct really gender is yeah i mean it is essentially a social construct it is we've ascribed certain genitalia Mm -hmm. assigned it to a certain gender and said Mm -hmm. that they match and that there's this if you have a penis you're a boy and if you have a vagina you're a girl and And that but then it also means and that comes with a set of expected characteristics exactly um, behaviors, and, ways that you should behave, ways you should look, yeah. ways you should act yeah. with that assigned gender, a station in life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, ways people should refer to you, yeah. see you. It's all of those things that gets encompassed based on your sex. Yeah, yeah. Um, gender and sex, gender and sex. Yeah, they're they're related. Yeah. Um, it's all a part of the conversation gender expression, gender identity, mm-hmm. your sex, your sexual expression, like it's all linked, but they're also very different. And, and I you think it's, coming out to use they, them pronouns. Oh yeah. So was gender. Was gender. Is a gender, is a gender <laughs> under the category of gender. Uh, kind of. Is that right? Kind of. Okay, okay. so first, right, let me I'm give just, some prefaces. Let's give some prefaces. Here I go, here I go my, my clumsy questions. Yeah, so welcome to this podcast where <laughs> we're having a conversation. Um, I am 24 years old. Mm-hmm. I am, I would say and use the words, I'm in transition with my gender. I have, um, been coming out for not 
six months ish, I would mm-hmm. say. Came out at work first. Well, came out to certain people first, close friends. Um, and then I came out at work and then I came out to my family. And now this is kind of, I'm like, this is my last coming out because this I'm out like, here on this out podcast. There, super public. Um, yeah. Uh, although I do feel like there's never, and this I could go off on, but I will forever be coming out because. It's just right. inevitable that as when I meet people, yourself. I have to declare my gender because yeah. it's just assumed what my gender is often. Ooh. Yeah. And I've been, of course, deep diving a lot of things this week. And that was a thought, a brand new thought to me. It's like none of us ever have to declare. Yeah. I'm a boy. Well, not none of us, but. None of us. What do you mean? Cis people don't have right, to Right. That's declare. what I mean. Shoot. See? Even the way we talk, <laughs> none of us, none yeah. of us, none of us regulars out here. <laughs> um, so that's a joke. So I'm going to try to sometimes be jokey, but in a nice, pleasant, <laughs> honoring way. Right? No, I think it, I, I think out. it, uh, yeah, it could go back and forth. <laughs> so we are going to be clumsy. I yeah. am a person who considers this to be something that matters a whole lot to me and I'm like could get wrapped up in my head of wanting to be very articulate with the way I'm explaining myself because there's this back of my head things saying that I have to prove something Mm -hmm. because I'm resisting the system that's put in front of me kind of thing um but I'm going to try not to be too self-conscious because I'm going to try to, but man, I'm having unexpected <laughs> feelings about it. Yeah. And Scott's over here going to be, we're going to try and be really honest and have a conversation that feels like it might be helpful for people, which would, it means Scott is going to ask lots of, could ask lots of questions that feel, I don't know, like I'm here for the questions. Yeah. And so here to kind of answer that and I'll share what feels right for me and I'll mm-hmm. not share what I'm not ready to share. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's leaning into our true no small thing values, like leading with curiosity. This isn't like, oh, we have all the answers, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I I think maybe my hope to a certain extent modeling, not like the right way to do it, but modeling, you know, that, that maybe the conversation around this topic is so important that we do need to stumble around it. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't talk about it, we're not going to make any progress. Yeah. Yeah. Like today I had conversations with multiple people where there was some cringy moments, but I was very grateful that they brought things up and were asking me questions that were, could at times like, oh, this is like cringy, but it also was very beautiful because I was very grateful for them to be asking and trying to know me better. And like asking questions is how we can best like honor people. Yeah. So yeah, here we are. I do think there's a burden on folks like me in particular, white straight men out in the world uh, of that ilk, people of that ilk, um, to do as much of their own research as humanly possible. But there does come a point where you're now you're dealing with an actual human. What do you mean by burden? Burden, responsibility. Yeah, responsibility. That yeah. feels like a. Um, yeah, I'm just out here using words. <laughs> uh, yeah, res- the responsibility of doing research, but then at some point you're going to be coming up in it with an actual human. So you can't, I can't research Macy on the internet. Yeah. So at some point I do have to ask questions. Right. And it's like, it's for you, I think it's been 
a fun and for me too a fun part of our friendship as I've been coming out and kind of having like naming my gender it's kind of put it in front of your face because I'm your pal so Mm -hmm. we have we have these discussions and you've been a friend along the journey so we're out here doing it I feel like I should kind of explain what gender queer is because I just said it and maybe people don't even know and they're like what even is gender queer yeah um I don't okay I'm not gonna like read some specific definition off the top of the head off the top of the head um gender queer I would say like is my gender feels non-normative so gender non-normative so I don't fit in with what the construct is as being I was assigned female at birth and people typically perceive me as female and typically refer to me as a woman but I don't that doesn't feel right that doesn't like fit the way I see myself and that just feels kind of like very fake I would say um but I don't feel like a man I don't feel like that's what I see myself as I see myself as not fitting in this and being like, oh, shrug, I don't, we, none of those things match. Um, but my gender is just not, not that. Um, genderqueer is a word that I also would say, like, it fits, you might hear the word genderqueer, you might hear the word gender fluid, you might hear non-binary. All of these words come up because they are similar and yet they're all naming something a little different and they're all getting at something. Um, I would primarily say genderqueer is the word that works best for me, but I also identify as being non-binary, which is saying neither male or female. So they're saying very similar things. Um, genderqueer just feels more fitting to me because queer is like a very redemptive word to me of like owning this strangeness and differentness and otherness. Yeah, otherness. And to me, just that identity feels more redemptive and more true to who I am. Um, Gender fluid is, if someone identifies as gender fluid, they're usually saying that they identify in kind of the way they see themselves is fluid Mm -hmm. and that they may some days feel more femme, some days feel more masculine, um, some days feel more in the middle and they're naming that that's their experience of their own gender. Um, gender neutral, that's another term people may use. Um, that's saying like, I mean, it's really saying and naming the gender neutral, like kind of the neither of those things, no but like no gender mm-hmm. or a gender is another mm-hmm. word people may use that's saying like no gender, which I can see why you prefer queer. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like another phrase is like off kilter. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not vaseline in between. I'm not fluid. I'm not girl today, boy, but I'm not nothing either. Gender neutral, <laughs> you know, it's just not what you want it to be and not definable. And yeah, gender queer often in my, the way I understand it and just the way I see myself in that does feel a little bit like a middle finger to the concept of gender. <laughs> um, I like that. That genderqueer has a bit more of like a quote unquote this is heavy quotes because honestly depending on your source it's really hard to find super consistent information on like what all of these words specifically mean because well, they're but, but that's what you're saying like why does it not have to if i identify as boy i have to now go find an explanation exactly for it? You know, <laughs> exactly yeah. like you'll find so many definitions of what a boy is yeah um this is the one that seems to fit best for you yeah 
Totally. Maybe not perfect. Not perfect, but, well, I mean, not perfect, but genderqueer, like, finding... As perfect as it gets. Yeah, and reading and finding that as a word that I could identify with felt so freaking special. Like, it was like, oh, this is it. This is what I've been feeling. It's so interesting, (laughs) like, because we know the... I don't, again, I don't want to sound arrogant. I'd want to be curious and listen, hopefully, I guess, if somebody is in the room. But, like, it's so interesting that a response back to that could be, well, you need to pick one, but boy or girl, you know, like, I mean, when, when you hear that that felt nice to you, why don't just accept that, you know, like. Yeah, I think people may just not, just be not know. And so they can't, like, it takes knowing a person to see, like, to see the effects of what maybe that change of label could do to a person's, like, well-being. Sure. Um, for someone who feels comfortable in their gender, has always felt comfortable in their gender, everything seems to, like, they're, the idea of feeling uncomfortable and needing to change may feel so foreign that it's it feels like a weird act for someone to do because they can't see how... The, having the label put on them, like how that could be invasive or oppressive mm-hmm. because it's always just been working for them and naturally mm-hmm. and they feel comfortable with it. It doesn't feel oppressive as we're like the label can feel really oppressive to me. Yeah. And that's my experience just by nature. It's because it's not fitting for me. Yeah. So it's sometimes maybe hard for people to put themselves in those shoes because there's, I would say up until like I feel grateful that I live in 2019 where there is a like significant discussion around this but if you haven't been confronted with it there's it's hard for someone to I think imagine it. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's so. it's slow work. It's slow uh, you know. I don't know. Yeah, like when I first encountered language I grew up, well, I don't know if we should get into Journey. Journey? Yeah. That's our intro, everybody. Yeah, this is an intro. <laughs> um, is, there any, is there any other things to say? I think a few things to say, else in this okay, intro. please. Um, I identify as genderqueer. I also identify as being part of the trans community. Um, this episode, we're going to be talking about my journey, Scott's journey. It's going to be a conversation mostly around my journey as being genderqueer. Mm-hmm. I do not understand uh, transitioning from female to male. I understand my transition from female to genderqueer. Mm-hmm. So it's like speaking to that experience, just naming that and saying that. Um, because gender expansiveness and seeing gender as fluid and seeing gender as being more than two things and unlike doing and unlocking the binary is so healthy and helpful for us all. Like, it's so good for us all. So I think it'll be a fun thing to discuss. Everybody, we're, we're back. back. <laughs> We've had a nice emotional break. We're figuring this out. You guys, this week's topic, gender, 
feels very near and dear to hearts tonight. Mm -hmm. So we're feeling a little emotional um, and wanting to make sure we're honoring each other in this space as people discussing a very important topic to, Mm. I think, both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, So here we are. Here we are. Um, I'm going to begin by giving my gender journey. I haven't prepared anything. I mean, we've hinted at it in the past. You hinted at it when you were talking about color. I know. know, I know. It's true. Pink, pink and blue. Well, that's, I mean, this is just a side note. That's yeah, maybe part of my journey or not, but like my relationship to color has been really profound and I use color often to express what's going on internally within Mm -hmm. me. And I have like a forever and always need to like often have a pink and blue, like beautifully like side by side. Like I really like cotton candy color Mm -hmm. vibes and I like, it is always in my mind, like linked to gender. Wow. It's just like the way I'm expressing that and trying to name that. Mm -hmm. It's also like beautiful and I love those colors, but I've naturally as a human always gravitated towards wanting to just like display those two things side by side and have them be a part of like a greater whole mixed up with one another. I can see the beauty in it too. Um, (laughs) that's a side note. Um, (laughs) that's part of the journey. Is it part of the journey? Honestly, well, honestly, it's been paint and color is a helpful way for me to process myself. I often am trying to paint my insides and I do that through color. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But I think some of your early days sounds like uh, some sort of rejection of certain types of clothes. That was like an early indicator for you. I guess. Yeah. So, okay. Macy, born female at birth. <laughs> Everyone goes, Macy, it's a girl. We love Macy. This is the context which I'm born into. Told you a girl, lived into that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I grew up as the fourth kid of a very mixed up fam, his, hers, and ours. I was my parents' only kid, but they both have previous kids, my siblings. They all lived with me. Um, So I grew up, and at a young age, when you're a kid, things are confusing. You don't even, like, you're still learning the world. That's what's happening. You're learning the world. Still learning the world. Um, Yes, still, yes, that's (laughs) true as a adult always learning the world. Um, I can't like look back at my life and think of like specific childhood memories and being a kid and being like very specifically, like I am not this, but in general, I can kind of sense this vibe and the language that works the best for me is like always kind of confused at what people were associating with me and like confused that I had to do certain things or it seemed that there were certain behaviors I should have Mm -hmm. because I was a girl and always felt like, well, whatever to that. And kind of like, that's not middle finger to that. Yeah. I mean, middle finger to it. That is like (laughs) the way I experienced it was like this thing that people were just trying to like throw on top of me and be like, Oh yeah, this is who you are. And I'm like, well, that's not who I am. Um, and yeah, I also like have a very particular female experience. Mm -hmm. Um, as a young kid, I would say, and this, I, as I've been reflecting back on this, I think does show like when you're younger, you're less 
susceptible maybe and the way society maybe imposes gender is it's not quite as set in how you experience the world and so looking back at my younger self young mace was fully out there doing a lot of fun gender expression of not really wanting to and ascribing to girly stuff i like was not into girly things um and like was a full-fledged tomboy like number one category for who macy was was like tomboy always wearing like very oversized basketball shorts and t-shirts which is an interesting word in and of itself to unpack i don't have anything to say about it but it would be interesting to deep dive that concept just tomboy yeah i know because it's like from, if it's helpful if it's useful yeah i wonder where that came from yeah um I definitely saw myself as being like a strange girl. Mm -hmm. It's probably the way that I would describe it of being like, yeah, I'm a girl, but like not like the girls Mm -hmm. um, kind of thing. Like, oh, like I could vibe with girls and I could vibe with boys, but I wasn't like, yeah, I'm like totally in on that thing that girls are into. Um, It just never felt natural, I would say. Um, And... My family, I would say, was relatively good and supportive of me being that, like, tomboy energy. Um, I definitely, like, very much fit into a sporty kid mode. And I think that this is kind of like tomboy. Tomboy is a very interesting word because it gave people language to see me and be like, oh, Macy, she's just a tomboy. Mm-hmm. Um And then I was like, yeah, I'm a tomboy um, (laughs) kind of thing. Uh, But I think for me, like if I look at myself first through third grade, those years are like the years you go out to recess and things are very gender divided often, like on the play yard. And I definitely always found myself playing with the boys. Mm. That was where I was like, that was my school squad. I'd go out and I would play whatever we were playing, whether it was like army games or like sports things or whatever. It was like this huge group of guys, me and one other girl who was also considered a tomboy. Mm. And it was like, we were the tomboys at the like, elementary school or like for the grade, if that makes sense. And then in third grade, after third grade, fourth grade, I think I like really got nervous going into fourth grade. Something happened in my like development vibes where I started puberty probably. Um, I started getting really anxious Mm. and I think part of the way I coped with that was conforming and fitting in. Mm, I think starting around fourth grade, honestly, up until the end of high school, I was probably playing more of a role than I even knew. Hmm. Um, Fourth grade. A lot of like positive reinforcement for that probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think uh, things start to become the way that you identify like your gender starts to play different roles as you get older and the way people see you and just the way friendships forms and things like that. Um, and so I think starting in fourth grade, I would say I started to become more self-conscious that I wasn't fitting in with girliness. 
Um, and I started to do things that I thought would make me seem in past as being more girly. Mm. Like it started to be not okay to be a tomboy anymore. That wasn't, that was like a young kid thing. It's like, oh, there's just a you tomboy. Grew out of that now. But it's yeah, like as you get older, time for I think, bows on your uh, shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I did wear bows on my t shirts. <laughs> I also think for me, I wasn't like mad about being feminine. I was like, yeah, I'm here to be girly, but I'm also like, here to be boyish whatever those things even are i mean those are also just ridiculous things but for what people would say traditional views of those things um and then middle school middle school honestly i think i was probably went also back to being free spirit vibes of like i'm whatever the f i want to be and not subscribing to things um I definitely always felt awkward in terms of my style. Mm -hmm. I think starting in middle school, I was like, I do not know how to dress. Mm -hmm. I don't know like what, how to dress and fit in with the style because it never was like, that's what I want to be wearing. Um, But I also didn't have a sense of how to like own my weird style yet. So I was just like kind of always trying things and putting on roles and testing and being like, did this one work? Did this one work? To just kind of have me honestly blend in vibes which are you asking is yourself if it worked Does yeah work? i'm asking like, myself yeah, if it worked um and at this time i'm also getting messages like i should be wearing makeup and like you're starting to what was your relationship with makeup like <laughs> <laughs> huh. uh, gosh that's a fascinating one i i was this one feels like really emotional to oh, me whoa Makeup was kind of, I grew up in a very, I think, accepting home, but makeup was something that was definitely like brought into my life at a certain time and kind of, I was a bit told how to do it and it was like seen as this very important thing to be doing and like I should care about, like to take care of myself would be to care about the way I look in this way and like present myself in like using makeup also like it's the age where you're start to like you're supposed to start shaving your legs and shaving your armpits and like do all of these things that girls do and there was the expectation that because I was a girl I should be doing those things mm-hmm. um and I like really that was a hard relationship for me I like did not know what to do around makeup because I kind of sometimes could like get into the fun of it. But then most of the time I was like, wait, but I actually don't care and don't want to be doing this. And I don't know if I need to, I don't know if people even care if I'm wearing makeup and I don't care to look pretty that. Okay. This Ooh. is another oh, oh, vibe. Hit on something. This is another vibe. I never ever really care to look pretty. And that's like a thing that girls are often told that they want to feel you want to feel pretty every girl wants to feel pretty i feel pretty and you hear these things that that's kind of an expectation and i'm not saying that i didn't ever want to feel pretty if you know yeah it's so funny because even right now like i would never think to say that to you particularly as a compliment (laughs) right i'd be like wouldn't fit (laughs) you look so pretty macy (laughs) and it's People are thinking that when they're saying I look pretty, it's a compliment. I'm like, right, I'm looking pretty. I'm supposed to be looking pretty, I guess. But I I don't actually care to look pretty. Mm. Um, That was never 
something that I I personally cared about. I was not trying to get boys to look at me and think I was pretty. That was also not happening. Um, which I also was like, oh, uh, yeah. What do you mean? Got- what did that? What was that? <laughs> you were also like, oh. Uh, Oh, this is so much. Gender is so much to talk about. Um, lost in the sauce. Lost in the sauce. So, gender and sexuality. What? Didn't care. Didn't care. Gender and sexuality are different and yet often linked. And I have always felt very. So, when puberty came mm-hmm. and high school came and all these things came, I was not like also falling in line with the girls and being like. I want boys to like me mm-hmm. was not here for that. And didn't really know how to handle that. Didn't know how to articulate that. Um, <laughs> was like, Oh yeah. Boys are supposed to like us. And I'm supposed to like boys and want to date them. And like, that was what was kind of the normal thing to do. Um, and I just wasn't here to like push the boundary on it because I never also felt very strongly into women. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, I don't really know what I am in this whole mix of things. And I don't have super strong, like hormonal vibes happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so there wasn't this feeling like I wanted to like be a girl for a man kind of thing happening either. Make yourself pretty for that boy over there. (laughs) I'm not not trying to have a guy be looking at me, um, in that way. So I think, I think that's also something that I was always struggling between finding that balance of like fitting in. And I like now I can admit these things cause I'm out and proud, but like I would like have these fake crushes of like unattainable guys because then it was just like, I had an answer at a slumber party and then who do you like Macy? Oh, I like this guy, Ben. Yeah. He's oh, really popular. Oh normal. yeah, of course you like Ben. Everyone yeah. loves Ben. That makes sense. It's a great normal choice. And yeah. then Ben's in a relationship. So, uh Oh, oh I guess, only. I guess I'll I just have it. this crush on this guy. Are you calling him? Are you trying to pursue him? <laughs> like, like, oh, no. yeah. Kind of am, you know. <laughs> In no world. Stop asking me about it. <laughs> um, so that was always something, too, where as... In no world. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, this is ringing up really funny things. <laughs> yeah, I think this is why genderqueer and does again feel like the right word for me because queer also just feels like a very fitting word for me mm-hmm. in terms of my sexuality. Um, I hope as people are listening, normal. they sense that too. They're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. What do you mean? that With, with this backstory and all this. Like, yeah. 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 Um, they can feel it. I'd hope they'd feel like a relief. Oh, like, oh good. Glad they found gender queer. It doesn't make so much sense. <laughs> I know. They're not just floating around <laughs> yeah. confused all yeah. the time pretending. Having to make up crushes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It's really funny and kind of sad when I look back on it because I'm like, ah, I didn't. I didn't really need to be doing all these things probably. Like I have... I've come out to my family and they've been like overwhelmingly nice and accepting and like very um, like wanting to know me Mm -hmm. and see the value of just knowing me as being really helpful. And I do feel very sad that there is a lot of myself that I felt I needed to keep hidden and not feel like I either was, it was too awkward to talk about or too weird or it was like, I just didn't think I didn't know how to start the conversation Mm -hmm. And I didn't know even what I was. And I was always feeling confused and always like 
there was something wrong with me because I wasn't fitting in with these things. Um, and so I was just too nervous to, to say anything. And I think I leaned into, okay, well maybe there must just be something wrong with me. And I guess I'll just like play the part and be, I don't know. I was like, I'll just be out here being me by myself though. (laughs) Hello friends. I hope you're enjoying this episode on gender. I personally have learned so much from Macy on this topic and it was truly an honor to hear them unpack their journey. I'm interrupting for a quick second just to ask you a quick favor, quick things, very quick things. If you're listening to this episode and you like what you hear, could you hop on over to iTunes and give us a quick rating and review? It is so helpful. It only takes a few minutes. If you're one of those listeners that has listened often and you're just thinking, oh, other people will do ratings and reviews. Well, I would just give you a gentle nudge, the gentlest of nudges to not think that way because every rating and review counts. Plus, it's fun for us to get the feedback. So if you have the time, hit pause and go give us a quick rating and review on iTunes. I'll say one more time, rating and review on iTunes. That's what I'm asking for right now if you tuned me out for a second. Rating and review on iTunes. (laughs) We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back to Macy's journey. So we get into college and here I am. Kind of some residual posing. Leftover. Residual posing. Coming in hot. Freshman year. Traditional feminine vibes. Yes. Freshman year, I would say original posing. I would say, like, and this is the thing of I am an Enneagram for everybody. Um, When I was in high school and early college, honestly, probably freshman year, I don't know what happened to me by the time I reached high school, but I was like, this is too overwhelming. And I went into like blend in mode. You went lockdown. Yeah. It's kind of like, forget it. I'm not trying anymore. And I would be like weird and strange and like my sports and things like that. But like in terms of my overall like school image, I wasn't trying to be make any splashes. What does that sentence mean? What sentence? Weird and strange in your sports. (laughs) How how does somebody be weird and strange in their sports? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like I was... I always wore pigtails. That was like my thing with these like okay. big high okay. pigtails. And that was like my aesthetic for There's like sports aesthetic or with tennis. I always had like really ridiculous, like spandex things you would hold your like tennis balls in. I like oh, okay. tried I some weird things, some like weird it. things like, like these weird and strange in sports. <laughs> now I understand what you meant. <laughs> I get it. Um, so college come in. Come in. Yeah. I think freshman year of college, Coming I was posing. Yeah. Imposing. <laughs> it's like when I look back, it's like kind of girl. lame too, because I had like no good sense of style. I was just wearing the most plain vanilla clothes. Oh, come on. Um, no, it's, it's interesting and true. And then at the end of plain vanilla the clothes. start of sophomore year, I don't know what officially all kicked it off, but sophomore year was like the year that Here I, I like, let myself come out kind of vibes. Um, for coming out. <laughs> um, I, you know, I started that year by fasting for two weeks. Oh, don't even talk about <laughs> it. Everybody's going to get stressed about. about that. Um, but then cover your ears, everybody. <laughs> then I just, I got rid of all my clothes at one point because one of my teachers fall quarter, like went off about simplicity and was like, 
made me feel so convicted and I got I mean, rid of all of my clothes pretty much. Wow. And I had like five shirts and like three it pants. It was like a fashion reset though. It probably, was, yeah. it was like in my mind, I was like, I'm going to live minimalistically, yeah. which has not happened, but it was really profound, like really profound. You don't live extravagantly. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a huge moment for me in terms of getting rid of a lot of these clothes. And then you reach a point, like, I think it is just an age thing or where I was at life where I'm like, wait, I can choose how I present myself and I don't have to do this anymore. Like I like kind of heavy quotes grew up and realized that like, I don't want to live the rest of my life pretending and doing this. And I'm not like, I get to just be myself all the time. Um, and kind of again, what middle thought, fingers, everybody. middle fingers to what the expectations might have been. I also had like some vibes in college where freshman year I was like, I don't know, like aggressively like squatted up with people and like very into making connections and like wanted some security with friends. And then I realized that that wasn't, I wasn't like fulfilled by the way I was acting and like the friends, the friend quote unquote group I had made and I wasn't like very happy with my maybe reputation like Mm of not being I was like this isn't who I am like what what's happened this is people see me as this certain thing and that just doesn't feel like that's who I am Macy Mooney that uh cute pretty blonde (laughs) uh basic dressing white person girl uh in 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 the (laughs) freshman class (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's crazy. Um, so I kind of got to revamp my wardrobe, which that was both for me. I got to start. This is, we're we're entering in sort of a style. I know. Well, this is the thing too about gender and, um, why gender identity and gender expression are, they're different things and yet they're also really linked. So for me, I was starting to probably get more in touch with my gender identity. Um, and as a result of that, and as a way of expressing my gender identity, I then, I am able to find myself and feel more comfortable myself through clothing. Makes um, sense. I also was things a, people take for granted because nobody else has to think about it like that. They're like, I wear sport coat and khakis. Why? You know, nobody else has to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. They just um, get it handed to them here. Wear this. Uh, so, I also was going, I got rid of a lot of clothes and it was both like a, I got whatever I want, including and in like inviting more typical menswear into my wardrobe, but also like inviting edgy stuff into my wardrobe. You like, kind of did uh, the emo scene vibes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Which is, I was like, this is, this is who I feel like I am. Yeah. This feels more me. Mm-hmm. This is exciting that I'm just I'm like, yeah, I can just do this. Uh, you got so into 21 pilots. Got into 21 pilots. You like. Um, okay. And then you guys, this is, okay. this is, this is the big Getting moment on the journey. This okay. is the big moment, the journey I don't know where I'm what like, you're about thank to you say. younger Macy that you did this. Wow. Um, oh, I already, now I know. I know. Can I guess? Yeah. It's very obvious. Well, it wasn't for a second and then I had to think about <laughs> it and then it got obvious. Shaved head. Shaved head. Yeah. Oh, shaved head was Drum the roll. best thing I could have ever done for the myself. The shaved head. <laughs> Drum roll the shaved head. So, um, going into senior year, I don't know. I shaved my head mm-hmm. and the reasoning I shaved my head was interesting. Um, 
I, the thing was, I was like, would I still feel like myself without my hair? That was like kind of the vibe. And somebody had said like a while ago, like, would you shave your head? And I was like, well, I think so. Like, I don't, I don't feel attached to my hair. And I'm in my brain. I was like, I think it felt like a way to kind of see hmm. and like experiment with hmm. this thing. Cause I had had long quote unquote femme hair for mm-hmm. my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had had like purple hair and pink hair, but I never had a hairstyle that didn't fit our traditional understanding of feminine hair. And I buzzed my head and well, actually Avery buzzed my head. It was very on a whim the day we did it. Um, but it was like the most freeing thing I've ever done. It was like the best thing huge. ever. Uh, very huge for me. Uh, I can almost feel like a, a, a movie like Back to the Future where like the whole goal is, is to protect that moment. Like yeah. something goes wrong in the universe and, and Macy never shaves their head. And we have Seriously. to go back and make sure that moment happens. Seriously, It does feel yeah. like a linchpin moment for yeah. me. Which <laughs> is just, this is for me and my personal journey. Um, it like really set me free of a lot of like ways that I was, I no longer could just like go around in the world without people what's going wondering what's yeah. going on with me. And that was so nice. Cause I realized like, are you a woman? Oh, I don't care. Like I, this felt so, it felt so good and mm. felt so right for me. And I felt so good in myself. Mm. I was like, yeah, I love this. Um, and so when people would be questioning it, it was like a helpful way for me to maybe see how much it meant to me mm-hmm. and how important it was. And I didn't care. Like I didn't care what people thought. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't care. This is what yeah. I like. Yeah. And this feels so authentic to myself. And even saying this, I'm like, I want to buzz my hand right now uh-oh, because I uh-oh. just love the buzz. The <laughs> buzz is the best. Ah. Um, it w- it is me at my most alien self, okay. which I also, I personally like to consider myself an alien. Um, at times that feels like fitting language. Uh, I did get an alien tattoo in this season as well, which was like, be whoever you want to be. This is my journey, everyone (laughs) trying to just be myself in the midst of this world. Um, so buzzing my head, I now have longer hair in the middle of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to say it looks nice, but I don't want (laughs) to, I don't know. Scott never knows how to compliment me because I don't know how to take a compliment. Um, in terms of my journey now, I guess, I guess we're kind of coming towards the, the nowness. Getting towards it. Um, the nowness. So since the buzzing head post-college kind of energy, um, and this is interesting because we've been, the two of us have been talking a bit about these like life stages and Eric, Eric, is it Eric Erickson? Eric Erickson. And his stage, like life stages. And the end of ad- like late adolescence is identity and like adolescence is identity versus role confusion. Mm -hmm. And I am probably late, but finishing up this one of identity versus role confusion and heading into the next one, I would say. That's true. You're Um, really doing the step. I, I feel that I'm like, I can sense that I, I understand. I'm like, Oh wait, I think I start, I'm able to see myself and have language for myself. And I, the thing about my whole life, my whole life, mm. the thing about gender in my journey is I, for so long, 
felt really confused mm-hmm. and felt very like I was what I was wasn't a thing and that I just didn't fit and that I just was going to have to try and fit for so long and just do it. Um, naming that I'm genderqueer has been really helpful and that it's naming that there is something confusing about my gender, which allows it to not be this weird moving inconsistency, but more of a stable inconsistency. Ooh, it's like it. you did it. You landed on it. It's naming that I'm not inconsistent. I'm not consistent with it. And that that's okay yeah. and that that can be the stable place that can be the foundation that makes point. a lot of and sense. that that feels so like healing for me and so helpful for me in like moving forward and having a sense of self mm-hmm. being able to name that I'm genderqueer on my journey has given me a much it has like helped my self-esteem. Hmm. It's helped my, um, my confidence because I am no longer always feeling like, Oh, I don't fit in. Although I am often always feeling that, but I at least have this identity that feels like it fits and it feels, and there's enough people and I'm able to name it to people and they can see me and I can have the conversation that lets them in on what's been going on and I don't have to pretend things. I can just be that. That's very helpful um, and very healing. And I think when I like, I'm, I'm going back in my journey, mm. but when I first encountered and learned and heard about the language of non-binary people and started to like get educated about the transgender community, it was very healing as well as daunting because there's part of me that was like, Oh, I think this might be me, but like, it's scary to identify as this thing because for so long of my life, I've been attached to this other identity. Mm -hmm. So it took me a long time to feel at home in the identity and I'm still, still well, yeah, and I'm still like very much in transition. I would consider myself in transition. Um, and I will always be, I'm sure, my whole life thinking around gender and f- having a lot of questioning thoughts around it. But I do feel like I'm finding a sense of grounding as I'm able to be out in public in the world with who I am mm. and for there to be spaces where people are honoring of that and able to see that and make space for me to be myself in it. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> cool. Um, I don't know if this is this, I think this might be kind of the end of my journey. It's the end of the journey. I mean, there's so many over. things in the journey. Um, but yeah, this past I mean, six I mean, months I has been like an, in, or this past like eight months has been a very intense journey, I would say, in terms of, it's wh- like a wh- whole separate journey of the whole coming out situation. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> Do you want to say anything about that? Well, I guess I could say, like, I work in a workplace that's very open and accepting and always making space for gender expansiveness would probably be the way I would phrase it. Um, I work at a preschool where part of our work is trying to 
undo our understanding of the gender binary and trying to maybe counter the binary um, with the way we're talking and providing stories with kids. And it's a very safe and beautiful space for people who maybe don't fit the binary, I would say. Um, at least it seems that way. Although most people that work there are cis. Um, anyways, so I work in this really sweet environment and like about a year ago, everyone went around and said their pronouns a year and a half ago. And I said she, her, but in the moment was like, I wish I could say they, them and had the confidence to say that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. But I'd never really even thought super strongly of it. But in that moment I was like, Oh, that would be nice. Um, and so that all, that kind of was one of the starts. And I have a few friends who use they, them pronouns. Um, and when they first started going by them, it was very like, oh, like big, like eye opening vibe slash like, I think that that feels right for me, but just didn't, it took me a long time to have the courage to say that kind of thing out loud because it feels, there's like this whole process I can go in of like, feels like I'm then making a scene or being something and making like asking something of people when I'm really just trying to like name myself and I'm like oh that seems fitting but I like can get in my head of like oh no and like push that away kind of thing so working at Hilltop and having that like us going around and saying pronouns I was like very much invited into thinking about it um And so I've been thinking about it for a long time. And then something just came up and I called my partner, Sydney, and I was talking to her and we like honestly just had a conversation about it and whether or not I like felt it. And it didn't feel like I was coming out at all in that situation. It was just like, I think it's, I think it's going to happen. I think I'm going to start using they, them pronouns. Like it feels right. And she was like, yeah, I think so too. And like, there was no, it was like very sweet and special. Cause there's no like just needing to explain anything. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, this, yeah, this makes total sense. Um, so I started telling like close people. I was so awkward telling Scott because <laughs> <laughs> it's an awkward thing. Um, but then I like went on the journey of like, telling people which the process of coming out is a wild thing um and coming out as genderqueer is its own journey because people are like they just there's a lot of education that comes along with it you have to be explaining a lot of who you are and there's something that's kind of it feels sometimes burdensome burdensome I would say um because it's this like very near and dear and emotional thing to you and something that's really important to you. And it really matters that people understand and know you. And so it requires often for you to do a lot of explaining. And there's a lot of questions in people's brains often don't have the ability to just like naturally see it. So it can be complicated. Yeah. Um, but I sent this like, nice big old email to people at work and let them in and let them know, um, which has been a very special and interesting journey as some teachers have just like the way they quickly started and adapted to my pronouns was like profound and so healing for me Mm. um, and helped me in feeling more 
okay with this because there's a lot of me that can get like very lost and wrapped in like shameful feelings about this, hmm. which I know aren't true. And yet those feelings still come. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. So then most recently I like came out to my family, which was its own fun journey, but my family was super sweet. A lot of questions understandably and sexuality also ends up getting brought up because they are relatively linked. Um, but I feel like a very, very lucky person in terms of the support that I've had in coming out. Um, I haven't met any significantly hostile environments. Um, there's like a lot of inevitable awkwardness and a lot of having to name myself, but yeah, this journey is so funny. Mm. Um, I think there's no getting around how significant and how grateful I am that I have started, that I am identifying as genderqueer and how much, much more like myself it feels. I'm like, oh, this is so nice. I notice it. Like this is me and I finally am not like pretending to be something I'm not. Yeah, if there was anybody listening or out there that was thinking, oh, this is, a, this is a person who's confused and troubled. It's like right. you seem more grounded, more centered, more confident, more whole because of this. It's true. And that's not to say that people, trans people, always feel that way because sure. there's... You're all so human. Very human. And also the experience of transitioning is there is like turmoil along the way. Mm-hmm. There's parts that are like can be somewhat... There is confusion, Mm -hmm. but honestly, mostly the confusion is not, the confusion is not because of me. The confusion is because of the prescribed way we're all like this way. We've all decided to think about gender. That's where I'm confused. And that's why I can get confused. But it's like, I'm not confused. It's like this system. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, no. Yeah. So uh, there's a bit of a journey. (laughs) A little slice of a journey. Uh, I hope I hope that this was. I don't. I don't know what I hope this was for a person. A nice I think, little slice I think, of okay, life. Many things. I think if anybody found it somehow online, and this is, you know, like somebody that's your age, this is the first time they've heard it. They clicked on it, and this is a chance for them to hear a story that's empowering and like-minded and can be empowering. But it's also people that actually listen to the podcast that get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, that's you know. true. You may have noticed that Scott started using they, them pronouns with me yeah. um, a while back. So that's hidden. Some people totally noticed. I mean, I'm sitting here with you in the room and I feel still feel honored to be along the journey <laughs> and to hear the journey and to, you know, uh, I've been learning a ton. Been learning a ton. Yeah. Yeah, I, this other note, and I don't know if this will come back and popping off, but the whole pronoun thing, everybody, the whole pronoun thing, I think some people can get, and people are rude and people say things Mm -hmm. and people say things online and people Mm -hmm. say things out loud and people can say very hurtful things about people wanting to use they, them pronouns or differing pronouns, um, it does. It's not hard to find people out there wanting to nope. bully, basically no, yeah, transgender yeah. folks. Um, Very strange. Changing 
or in asking people to use different pronouns for me, I like did not know how the impact it would have in like a very deep, sweet way. Mm. Um, it opens me up sometimes to like some more hurt because being misgendered feels a little different now because I have such a sense of my gender Mm -hmm. that it's like, Oh, you're getting it wrong. And I can, I I'm aware of that more. Um, so I'm like, Oh, I'm opening myself up to this. But when people know my preferred pronouns and see me in for my gender identity and understand who I am and, are able to accept that it's like so significant and it's so sweet when people like as friends have adapted and it's become more natural for them to use my preferred pronouns. Like it is so honoring and like still even like a long time in, I'm often like caught off guard with how like much, how cared for I feel by it Mm -hmm. and how seen I feel by it and how helpful it is for me in just knowing that people are, it, it feels really significant in the way someone perceives you and the way someone sees you. Like it just feels way more honoring to who I am and how I want people to see me in the world. Um, so love it. Love it. These are my, no small things. It is no small thing. It's no small thing. (laughs) Don't troll people who want to use they, them pronouns. Uh, And it's not too complicated. uh, My, my thing, my other note is troll in general, I guess, but it's, it is difficult and it requires you to learn and it requires you to practice something that you're not used to. If someone, I don't know, now I'm just giving advice for people. If someone in their life is asking to use they, them pronouns, but like your efforts go a long way. And I do think, I really believe it can become natural no matter how old you are. It can easily become natural. They is not a plural. Like they can be used in a plural, but they also can be used in a singular. We all are using they often in singular ways without realizing it when we're talking to a, about a single thing. Like it is worth you feeling like a little uncomfortable and having to practice something that you're not used to doing Mm. and maybe making mistakes, but it's worth it and correcting yourself and holding yourself accountable to it is I am asking people to do that. Like for, if you have a significant other or someone in your life who's asked, like naming them preferred pronouns, like take that seriously, I would say. Because it, it goes a long way and it matters a lot. Those yeah, are some thoughts. Somebody was saying today, like, somebody gets married and they change their last name. Nobody complains about that. Yeah. You have to learn to say the last oh, name. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. And that's a hard one because, I mean, there's still people today that got married when I was in college and I called them by their maiden name. I'm like, oh, whoops. Nope. That's not it anymore. But I'm not like, why would I have to change? Yeah. You know? Why yeah. do I have to work hard and change the name I say? You know, it's like such a weird response. It's a weird response. Yeah. But, yeah. Thank you for sharing your journey. There's my journey.
Okay, you guys, we are back. back. And, um... Gosh, I just, I just want to say, I do think this is one of those times, and I don't want it to be a cop-out. Because mm-hmm. I do think we've already given some good content. Hearing your journey, I think, was extremely important mm-hmm. for us as a podcast and us as listeners and all that. And yet, so again, not a cop-out, but like this is a placeholder or the beginning of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like We're going to talk about this more, and maybe we can just break it up into more manageable parts. Like That's what I'm just realizing. I'm so overwhelmed by the topic. that It's really been broken open for me this week. Yeah, just to, just If we just want to do an episode on the different gender flags. And that'll be a whole episode. Like I'm overwhelmed, but also think it's great and beautiful and <laughs> I'm yeah. learning. Yeah. I think this is, has been funny and interesting because like you've been kind of deep diving gender and I have been mm-hmm. too a little bit, but like I've been deep diving gender for a long ass time. Yeah. So maybe I did too much today. Like I, yeah. I, was, I, I, I w- did one toke over the line with my research. <laughs> with your research. These uh, five. This five out here. Okay. You guys, we got... I think maybe some of our best we engagement this week, comments, which made yeah. my heart really warm and honestly settled coming into this episode because mm. people seem so supportive and sweet. Not that it was fully settled, but okay. So we asked lots of questions about gender. How do you feel about your gender? How's it affected your opinions? Do you feel comfortable with your assigned gender role? All these things. And then we got lots of awesome engagement and we're just going to read that and have a few comments and that'll be it. All right. Um, Okay, the first one was Creative Minds Pod. Creative Minds Pod, I'm guessing. A topic that, they said, a topic that should be talked about more honestly. Personally, I'm comfortable with my assigned gender, but I have people in my life, my life feel otherwise. There you go. That's a nice comment. Some some statements. Thank you. Um, Some support from Hannah. Yes, for an episode on gender. Um, Do you want to read Lily Dawes? Yeah, and Lily Dawes, I think, is from Arkansas. Lily, sorry. I know you come... You let me see if I can see it. Artists, I don't know. It doesn't I don't say know in their description. From. Arkansas or Arizona? <laughs> you come from an A state. I oh think. my goodness! Well, yeah, um, and is is sort of a true follower. It seems mm-hmm. like, which is really cool. Uh, so we, I think it's really cool when there's people from a different state or country <laughs> listening. You know. <laughs> Lily, thanks for listening. Um, so Lily says, I'm so down for this topic. I watched a documentary on gender roles in school systems and was amazed. So many stereotypes are imposed on us at such a young age and enforced throughout our lives. Amen. I think it's so important to cultivate individuality at a young age and teach children and adolescents to be who they want rather than what society wants. Ooh. I personally feel comfortable with my gender, but I'm completely understanding of those who are not. It's so complicated and something I wish more people would be willing to try and understand. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you had a slight fear that this would turn people off from the podcast. I a hundred percent did. Yeah. I'm so still far, I'm not scared. picking up those vibes. Yeah, you know, so people people do sometimes respond negatively. Nobody I did mean, this week. No, nobody did, but yeah. people do. So there's a fear. Yep. Okay. Uh, valid. 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 This fear. next one is a solid one. Uh, Britain. Britain. Oh, Britain. Hmm, what are these handles? Pretty Can Sarah? Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing. I've always felt intrinsically female and very comfortable with that on an aesthetic and emotional level. First of all, that's a really nice way of putting it, on an aesthetic mm-hmm. and emotional level. Yeah. Like, I feel intrinsically... 
Intrinsically female and very comfortable with that on an aesthetic and emotional level. Yeah. I like I, I look, like what it's how naming. I feel inside, mm-hmm. the, the, my emotions. Your aesthetics. Yeah. That feels the right, like the yeah. vibe. But as a kid, I was very assertive, which as a girl meant I was labeled bossy and precocious instead of assertive or having leadership qualities. There it now, is. That is, there it is really freaking true. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I needed to be reined in somewhat. There was a bit of a mean streak there at times. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. Yeah. But I now wish it had been channeled into a leader energy instead of dampened into fear of my natural instincts driving others away. Still trying to find my voice again and not be afraid of using it. Ooh. That's a good word there. And uh, I hope that you can find... See, gender, it's so heavy because I, I, I feel like I'm, a, I'm, I'm overwhelmed tonight with my um, frustration with the whole thing. It's mm-hmm. very frustrating. Again, I keep saying this to my family this week, like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. So now I'm looking around seeing it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And for the very first time... Scott is being exposed <laughs> to gender. Uh, for, my, for the very first time last night at our youth group, I was just about to divide the room up into boys and girls. I was about to be like, boys on one side, girls on this side. And I was like, I can't do that anymore. I can't do that anymore. I will never do that again. <laughs> you know? You. <laughs> but it's just so strange. Yeah. And now I, I'm I'm sort of um I'm sort of uh, flummoxed <laughs> or like um I'm just lost in my head about the whole thing. Like that whole I mean, we're talking about how I didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to be more gentle growing up. Um, women don't feel like it's appropriate for them for to, to be bossy quote right. unquote, or assertive, mm-hmm. which is also or aggressive or aggressive. Oh yeah. I, wow. I am so overwhelmed because I want to go back in time where, where are the roots? <laughs> I'm so, why is There's it a like lot that? of things that are roots, but colonialism is a large root in this Luna Latin Moon, who is Cora, also goes by Alex, said, my gender has been good and bad. Being genderqueer is not easy. I bet. True. I bet. And they are in the start of high school, so it's That's also not easy. (laughs) Not easy. Um, I love you, Cora, Alex. Okay. Now now coming in hot is our... Good pal, Baby Bex. Oh, Baby Bex came in so hot. (laughs) Here we go. Are you going to read it? Well, she she has two, so maybe I can read one and you can read okay. another one. Okay. Um, now, everybody, let me veer away from the Enneagram for a quick second, and we'll talk about Strength Finders. Ooh. Macy and I have, like, three or four strengths in what they th- I think is, like, the green category. Mm-hmm. And um, that makes us, that's more of the thinky category. And then I think we have some feelings categories, too. Yeah. Um, and there's names for those. Becca, our friend here... Uh, was all greens, which makes her a guru. <laughs> a guru. And Rebecca's an Enneagram 8, and Rebecca is often That's a person a powerful hero human. of mine. Combining, combining Enneagram 8 energy with research energy yeah. is big things. Big and things. you'll see it right here. Uh, here it goes. This is kind of a finale almost. Well, we have one more from Daniel. Oh, yeah. Daniel came in, too. Uh, growing up, I always wanted to play football, but my mom said I couldn't because it was for boys. Lame. I guess gender was complicated because why would something like that? Uh, oh gosh, let's see. I'm blowing it. Tonight. I guess gender was complicated. I guess gender was complicated because why would something that I enjoy not be for me? It only got more complicated from there. Knowing in middle school, I like girls, but I'm a girl. Why were my male peers encouraged to play tougher sports or allowed to get away with behavior I was never allowed to get away with? Yep. I thought I was a boy for most of middle school. 
I know and feel now that I'm not, but it seems like the stricter we try to be about gender and gender roles, the more complicated it all becomes internally. Yes. Anyway, at a conference last week, I heard a hot biblical take on gender. I can always elaborate more, but the gist is that in Genesis, God isn't establishing absolutes, but spectrums and multitudes. Mm. Wow. Mm. There was day and night, but also everything that comes in between. There's land and sky, but mountains poke into the sky and in valleys. The sky then pokes into the land. And don't even get me started on clouds. And the sky outside of Earth's sky, animals were created in large varieties on the land, sea, and in the sky. Stars, so many. (laughs) So practically speaking, it doesn't make sense to constrict the creation of human to be anything less than establishing a spectrum. I'm sure that's a bad summary of what I learned. I have notes somewhere, but oh, well, this is an Insta comment. This is so good. Very fair. Do you think Rebecca is naming the spectrum? I don't even think we've even said that, but like gender is a spectrum. Yes. We don't have to think in terms of these rigid lines. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why don't I read this one to finish Baby Bex, and then you can do Daniel. Sounds great. People are used to me reading in the Baby Bex voice now. (laughs) I like saying Baby Bex. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So then I commented, and then uh, Rebecca responded to me. Uh, It's such a helpful response to have on hand. So she's talking now about this um, take on the Bible. Mm. The guy I heard that from was named Steve Harper, and he has a book on the topic called Holy Love but he's straight and cis. Steve told me he did not. He, Steve told me he did a lot of reading. Austin Hart, who is a trans Christian who has both a YouTube channel on the topic and a book transforming the Bible and lives of transgender Christians. And there are a few other names. I don't remember. I can pass them on to you at some point. These were also a few more biblical passage reference later in the seminar that I wish I could give you right now. He didn't stick specifically to the Old Testament. I love that you're talking about this on the podcast and I can't wait to listen. Thanks hey, if that. anybody's wanting to know this, um, resource, Austin Hart. It's Austin, A-U-S-T-E-N. And then the last name is H-A-R-T-K-E. And this person ha- is trans Christian who has a YouTube channel. So if you want some, if you want to go look that up, I would, if I was listening, I would want that information. Yeah. There it is. Go look it up. Go look at that YouTube channel. Okay. Here comes our friend Daniel. Our, our Enneagram one. 9 episode interview and our friend. Yeah. Um, Daniel Kai is 137. Sweet Mr. Rogers nod. One of my mm. first memory memories recognizing gender as something to be recognized was in kindergarten. I loved playing pretend and drawing, and the only people who would do that with me were girls. I'd spend my time playing house or zoo because I didn't play Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu- Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Or Pokemon or sports like the other boys. I felt self-conscious about not having many friends who were boys, but I just liked playing with girls more because they were so much easier to interact with. In middle school, I still felt I needed to find an alternative to mainstream masculinity because I didn't like trash talking or competition. I later, later learned that maleness is so much more than the script I was given. Now I live life comfortable with my effeminate maleness as a person whose maleness is expressed through everything I do as I do it. I love identifying as a man because I want to help redefine manliness. I'm a man, so being shorter and slighter slighter and passive and vulnerable is manly. But more importantly, it's human and appropriate within and beyond all gender. Dang. Dang. He brought the heat. That was so well said. And I relate to that. I mean, uh, other personality things, theoretically... Not theoretically, but in honesty, Daniel, me, and Macy are all INFPs <laughs> on Myers-Briggs. So true. there's a lot of similarity there. It's true. Yeah. I think he's really naming something that's really special to say that, like, I am being manly 
being all of these things and I identify as male and that makes it inherently manly. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. don't take that away from my manliness. Yeah. I think that's what some of the things I was trying to say earlier. Like, I don't want to step out of the bounds of maleness. First of all, I've, I have felt comfortable with that name. Yeah. And I do like the idea of broadening the, the, the understanding or doing my part mm-hmm. single-handedly. No. <laughs> every, every person has something to contribute. Okay. Uh, oh, my gosh, everyone. This was a big one. <laughs> Bigger for this me. This one kind of wrecked this, Scott. internal going really on with funny. me. Uh, I, I was so nervous about this episode. Yeah, we switched. Yeah. I wasn't nervous. I just got overwhelmed. I think sometimes Macy's seen this probably five times in our journey together as friends. Sometimes I snap. Gets yeah, it is a snap. It's It's flooded. It's a flooded Scott. And I and I'm sure I have this idea that if I was really good at mindfulness or if I practiced, if I had a meditation Mm -hmm. practice, Mm -hmm. I'd be good at just bringing my mind back to Kundalini Yoga. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but I'm not. I know that I'm not good at bringing my mind back. Um, like once my mind is racing, it's racing and I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed by this topic. I mean, your story is, I think the heart of this episode and your journey. And I'm so glad that like people got to hear it and then we tried to squeeze an awkward Scott journey in there. And that's fine too. Cause I do think, I do think it's important that we mention that any, any gender reflection in the context of this episode is important, you know? Mm-hmm. That's because we're talking about gender mm-hmm. and we invite white male cisgender folks to think about their gender mm-hmm. and w- what they identify and what they don't identify with. And yeah, um, I hope that this, I think this was for both of us, a good conversation and curiosity and mm-hmm. exploring things. I think mm-hmm. this is important for both of us. Um, I hope that if you are a person who listens to no small thing, I feel like if you've been a loyal listener, I'm glad that I could kind of share this part of myself because it feels like something I would want you to know about me. Love so that. love that. That's out there. Okay. That's it, everybody. Thank you we so much it. for listening. Thanks for listening. Next Join week. Join us next week for Enneagram 2s. <laughs> We're going to do Variants and Wings, and we have some, hopefully, some really fun. So hopefully some really fun good guests. Yeah. So get excited. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.